welcome to the Beautiful Life Podcast. This message is by Nigel Desmond. Alright, let's pray. Right now, Father, I ask that you would release into this environment, Lord God, your prophetic grace. Prophetic grace. That we might hear you clearly. That we might see you clearly, Lord. That we might know you better. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So, um, this morning I'm going to speak about learning to see. And my, I believe that what we need to do, uh, we need to develop a prophetic culture. That, um, that actually everyone is hearing and seeing uh, from the Lord in, in the culture and uh, in the church. And um, there have been some, some questions like, you know, um, you know, how are we to expect everyone to be able to, to prophesy and to, uh, and to hear the word of the Lord? And my, my belief is yes. Because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. He didn't say my pastors hear my voice. He didn't say, my prophets hear my voice. And uh, in fact, if you turn in your Bibles to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, um, verse 1, it says this. One Corinthians 14, verse 1, says this. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. And so that's an instruction to the whole church that we should all eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Now, it's really interesting. Can you imagine a father coming to a child and saying, I really want you to desire presents for Christmas. Please, I really, Beck, I want you to get excited and really desire uh, gifts for Christmas. Uh, but I have, no, uh, I have no interest in getting any to you. I'm going to get to your, your sister and your brother, but not you. But I want you to desire. How cool would that be? Not cool at all. Right? So, our Heavenly Father does not give us an instruction to desire something that he has no intention of giving us. And one of the reasons why I believe the Lord says to us that we should desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy, is because prophecy in many ways is the gateway gift to all the other spiritual gifts. That when you, when you, as you start to learn to hear the word of the Lord and see what the Lord is doing, it activates all the other gifts in you. So the Lord instructs you on, hey, listen, He speaks to you and says, hey, you need to go and pray for that person for healing. And then you, that person has a need in this area and you begin to, to see the other spiritual gifts released. And so, our desire is, is to develop a culture in which everyone can and expects to hear the word of the Lord. And it's so important in so many different ways because the best antidote to prophetic and spiritual abuse 
is a culture where everyone hears the word of the Lord. You see, I've been in cultures and I've been in churches where prophecy is locked up in the leadership. Where only the leaders hear the word of the Lord. In fact, I've been in cultures where it's like two or three people are the prophets. And it's their job to hear for everyone. And the potential for abuse in that environment is awful. Because only... And it's like, listen... Man, if I say, Brett, that's your husband. That's, that's the word of the Lord. She, she looks around and there's no one actually there. <laughs> Man, Nigel's seeing something that I'm not seeing. He's not standing there. That's scary. Amen? Wow. Yes, yes. Come on, you see, like everyone's starting to see now. That's awesome. No. So, so, you know, in the, in church history, there was a time where the Bible, the word of the Lord, the written word of the Lord, was locked up only for the priests. And so, the Bible was, um, was uh, written and available for most people only in Latin. You were not allowed to read the Bible in, uh, in your languages or in vernacular languages. So, when Martin Luther and uh, um, uh, Wycliffe and um, Wycliffe, uh, who was the guy, Zwingli, and then Martin Luther, started, uh, all these guys started translating the Bible into local languages. They were actually condemned as heretics for that. And actually Wycliffe lost his life and was, uh, was, um, he, he got burned at the stake for translating the Bible. Actually, if I remember correctly, Wycliffe died, but afterwards they were still so mad at him, they dug his bones up and then bur- uh, burned, it, burned him post-mortem. Threw his ashes into, uh, uh, into the Severn River. From where his ashes flowed down the Severn into, uh, into the Thames, out the Thames and into the oceans of the earth. And so, uh, so thereby his anointing spread over all the earth. And so, but what happened was, when Wycliffe was translating the Bible, he made this statement. He said, when I have finished, I will make the plowboy as conversant with the Bible as the Pope in Rome. And why was that? Because he wanted everybody, whether, you know, the peasant in the field or the noble in his castle, to be able to read the word of the Lord for themselves and to be able to judge God's word for themselves. The same is true of the prophetic word. We all need to hear the word of the Lord. It's the best... So, but, but what happens if you start getting funky words? That is the problem. You know, people are like, whack! we're getting so excited and people get up and they start calling out whack words. And that is why often churches want to shut down the, uh, the prophetic because people jump up and start saying strange stuff. But you see, in a prophetic culture... You don't have to have that, all the leaders uh, just controlling the words. But when everyone hears the word, they're like, mm, 
Shame. Nigel missed it today. But we were proud of him for trying. Do you understand? That is the greatest empowerment in the prophetic. So the Lord said to us, My sheep hear my voice. So hearing the voice of the Lord is actually for every Christian. Every follower of Christ ought to expect uh, uh, to, to live knowing the word of the Lord. Hearing the word of the Lord. It's actually, it's actually the gift of being a child of the Lord that He wants to speak to us. So why are some of the reasons why we don't hear from the, uh, from the Lord as much? Well, firstly... We've been taught not to expect to hear the word of the Lord. That's one of the biggest things, is we just don't expect the Lord to speak. We have an expectation that the word of the Lord is rare. And actually, what we've done is we've made the word of the Lord so rare, and, and it's like, it's rare and precious. So, don't make it common. Well, the reality is, is in the word of the Lord, in the Bible, it records times where it says, and the word of the Lord was rare in this time. That was not a blessing, it was a sign of curse. It was a sign of judgment. And the reality is, is God actually speaks all the time. He's speaking far more often than you realize. But we have to learn to recognize, firstly, learn to expect, and then learn to recognize, and finally, learn to judge the word that we're receiving. Amen? So, that's what I want to start, uh, start doing. doing a, a, um, a, I'll possibly do a series on, uh, on this. Turn with me in your Bible to Jeremiah 1, verse 11. Jeremiah 1, verse... <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> the word of the Lord came to me. <laughs> the word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. The word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? I see a boiling pot tilting away from the north, I answered. The Lord said to me, from the north, disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. I am about to summon all the peoples of the northern kingdoms, declares the Lord. Now go down to verse 17. Get yourself ready. Stand up and say to them, whatever I command you, do not be terrified by them, or I will terrify you before them. Today I have made you a fortified city, an iron pillar, a bronze wall, to stand against the whole, of, uh, uh, the whole land, against the kings of Judah, its officials, its priests, and the people of the north. I will fight again, uh, they will fight against you, but will not overcome you. For I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. So, um, also, verse, uh, chapter, no, actually, or I'm just going to leave that. 
it's interesting when God first comes to Jeremiah and begins instructing him in, uh, in the word of the Lord Jeremiah is like who am I? who am I to speak for you? I'm just young and the Lord says to him don't say that because I'm going to train you now the amazing thing is, is if you look at this is the Lord you'll notice the Lord takes Jeremiah on a process of learning to see now scripture doesn't specifically record how Jeremiah was seeing these things. The Lord just asked him, what are you seeing? Now, I, I find this prophetic training really interesting. Because the Lord is talking to Jeremiah and he's saying, what do you see? My first question is, how do I know that I'm hearing you saying, what do you see? But there is something in the spirit of Jeremiah that recognized the word of the Lord. That's the beginning place of the prophetic. When, when, I, when I started trying to grow in the prophetic, I was about, I got born again when I was about 18 and um, I had a, had a year of interesting shenanigans in Europe and then I came back to UCT and I was back on fire for the Lord and I was like trying to grow in the prophetic. And, and one afternoon, I skipped lectures at UCT and uh, <clears throat> bumped my lectures. I see my wife disapproving face still to this day. And uh, I uh, had a nap instead. And in this, uh, in this afternoon, it was one of those weird dreams. Have you ever had a dream that you are, you dream that you are dreaming? You know, like a double level dream. So the dream started, first of all, with me at what, what was back then our res fellowship, our residence fellowship. And the Lord picked me up from the back of the room and he put me at the front and he said to me, prophesy. And I was like, prophesy? I don't know how to prophesy. And like I said, I don't, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And I got slain in the spirit in the dream. And then the second part of the dream, I saw myself in my bed where I was having the nap and so I actually thought I was I actually thought I'd woken up let me put it that way and so I woke in the dream I only realized after I woke up and I sat up in my bed and I opened my eyes but one eye didn't open my, it was like one side of my face was paralyzed and my eye didn't open and I just began a flat out panic on that my eye went open. My eye went open. Yeah. And I'm like, there's something wrong. And I, in my panic, I woke myself up and both my eyes popped open. And the Lord spoke to me. And I, I don't know if it was an audible voice, but it's pretty close to an audible voice. It just like went through me. And I heard the Lord speak to me and say, Nigel, a gift that you will not use is as useless as an eye that will not open. It made quite an impact. It made quite an impact. You would think that I would start prophesying from that point of hearing the audible voice of the Lord about it. However, I was not that quick to learn. And for several more years, I didn't start prophesying or trying to sh uh, hear the word of the Lord. But what I did start doing was reading prophetic books. And I read a lot of books on, uh, on the prophetic. 
and didn't make that much progress. Until about two years later, I was now, no, two or three years later, I was married and uh, we, uh, Debbie and I, I was in ministry, had come down to Cape Town to visit um, Dawn and Nolan and at that time they were living in a, in a um, bed and breakfast in Pinelands and I can remember walking down their staircase, at the, at the end of their staircase, it was like a two level thing, there was a mirror and I went down the uh, staircase and I looked in this mirror and I looked at myself in the mirror and then I turned around and went down the other side of the staircase and I forgot what I looked like. It's weird. It's almost like that's somewhere in the Bible. Yeah? Really? Oh, that's amazing. And, uh, and I was a man who had, for- had looked in the mirror and I forgot what I looked like. So I turned around and went back to the mirror to look at myself again. But this time the mirror had stopped working. And I could, I was, I was like, that's weird. It's not working. I can't see myself in the mirror. And then I woke up. And I lay there in my bed thinking, and I knew the scripture in, uh, in the book of James that said that a man who, hear, uh, who um, hears the word of the Lord and does not do what it says is like a man who, is like a man who looks at himself in the mirror and goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. So I spent the next couple of days just crying out to the Lord, saying, Lord, where am I in disobedience to you? I think I'm doing everything in the Word, and I'm praying, and I'm, and I'm seeking the Lord, and I'm feeling con- uh, convicted and everything. And finally, after about three days, I did what I should have done straight after waking up. I went to Debbie, I said, Sheesh, babe, I had this dream the other night, and it's kind of freaking me out. I think I'm obeying the Word of the Lord, but, but the, the, evidently I'm not. The, there's, there's something... I'm not doing and Debbie just goes, oh, I know what that is. Mm. I've told my wife, I do not mind you thinking you know better than me. It's when you demonstrate it publicly that it irritates me. And um, (laughs) she says to me, the Lord has spoken to you so many times about the prophetic and you don't do anything about it. More or less those words. And I was like, well, I'm going to pray about that. <laughs> In truth, I knew, wow, yep, that's it. The Lord wants us to know His voice. And His voice needs to be coming out of His people. He wants us to learn to see like He sees, to hear what He's saying. And why? So that we can become a blessing in the earth. You need to understand the spiritual gifts are just flavors of God's love. That's what they are. You know, when, when I'm discouraged and someone gives me a word of the Lord that hits my spirit, man, that just feels like kisses from heaven. Amen? When, when you, I mean, so many of us have testimonies of a prophetic word that's just come at the right moment, at the, at the right time. Sometimes prophetic words have just turned my life around. A prophetic dream had just come and just turned my life around, brought encouragement or courage at the, uh, at the right moment. In fact, 
um, right before the service, Josh was sharing with me a series of, of dreams and stuff the Lord was saying to him at the beginning of the year. And now he's walking in those, uh, in those dreams. You know what? Stuff like that gives you courage. And, and you see, why we call to have a prophetic culture that we can all hear the word of the Lord is because then we grow together and there's security and safety in a prophetic culture. Amen? I also find it quite interesting that as the Lord trains Jeremiah to be a prophet, he says to him, what do you see? Now, this is an interesting thing about learning to grow in the prophetic, is sometimes you see the word of the Lord, you see the prophetic uh, 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 word. And so, sometimes... Learning to grow in the prophetic is actually developing eyesight to see what God may be saying. Many of us don't hear the word because we don't expect it. I'll give you, uh, I'll give you an example. Um, Bill Johnson tells the story a couple of years ago of um, he, was, he was traveling uh, uh, doing a number of conferences checked into a hotel one, uh, um, one day and I can't remember the name of the, uh, the, the number of the, the door but it was like he checked into room um, 330 and uh, spoke at the conference the next day new conference new city different place and he checks into the hotel and they give him room 330 and he's like oh wow that's unusual like same room number Different city, different day, different hotel. Thought, okay, that's interesting. The next day, he was in a different city, different hotel, different conference. Checks in, and he gets the same room number. He went into his room and recognized, okay, Lord, something unusual is happening here. Now, it's not always the word of the Lord, but often, the Lord is just tweaking He's saying, hey, I want to tell you something. He began to pray into it. And I can't remember what the scripture was, but it was essentially it said, now arise and write. And he wrote his first book. He wrote his first book off of that. And actually that, uh, that's pretty much where his ministry took off. He got a word of the Lord. Why did he hear that word? Because he had eyes to see. He was looking for the unusual. He was looking for the unusual. He was looking for God's perspective in the mundane. You see, the word of the Lord is often like a radio wave or a, a signal that you need to tune into. In this, in this atmosphere right now, there are images and pictures and words that are flying around all the time. If I just turn on the TV and tune it in, we can see those images and those pictures, we can hear music, etc. from all different... Uh, that's, that's, you just have to have the right equipment to pick up TV, radio, music, uh, etc. In the same way, the prophetic word of the Lord, the prophetic word of the Lord, is in the environment. God is not speaking occasionally, He's speaking all the time. He wants to speak to you 
every day, all day, He loves you. For for many years, I was hampered by hearing the uh, from hearing the word of the Lord, because I always expected God to be speaking about world events for some reason. Does, does anyone ever have that? Okay, I'm going to prophesy. Jesus, tell me about Putin. What did he have for breakfast? Because I want to be a prophet, you see. I want to have like really exciting stuff, you know. And the Lord said, Nigel, I love you. That can't be Jesus. Let's get back to the main topic of the day, Jesus. Putin's breakfast. Nigel, yes Lord, I love you. Okay, I'm really battling to hear the word of the Lord. But you know what? Actually, the main things you actually need to hear each day are I love you, I'm with you, I'm for you, I've got a plan and a purpose for you. And He will speak that to you over and over and over and over again until you become so familiar with His voice that one day He may go, Fried eggs and ham. Sorry? <laughs> Fried eggs and ham. Sorry, Chief, what? 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 Putin's breakfast. Why are we talking about Putin's breakfast? Remember? In 1992, you asked me? <laughs> well, I just thought you'd want to know. Lord, I, I don't care. I know, but you asked. I'm telling you, the Lord does things like it. He does stuff like that. I, I remember when I first went into ministry, when Debbie and I first went into ministry, we, he, never ends, he never finishes a conversation um, or, or forgets a conversation. And we were in our second, first second year of ministry. We, <laughs> literally, we had no money. We, we had, we had uh, no bucks. Poor people felt sorry for us. And, um, <laughs> and we were... I remember just asking God. We would run out of money the first week of them every month. And the Lord would just provide in supernatural ways. It was just wild. But one thing I started asking the Lord for was, Lord, I'd really like to go on holiday. And I had a very specific request. I said, Lord, if you know someone who's like, maybe someone has got a holiday home or whatever, down by the coast or down by the water, and, and they could say to us, please, you know... Uh, just take it, you know, for the weekend, for the week, just go and enjoy it, etc. Please, will you do that? And, and I, I kept on asking the Lord for this thing, and it never happened. And the whole time in Grandstown, things got better, we never had that, uh, that holiday. Whole time in East London, and by then I'd forgotten that prayer, whole time in East London, that never happened. We come to, like, 15, 20 years later, we were here in Cape Town, and uh, about three years in, Someone came to me and, uh, uh, that, that I knew and said, Hey? Hey? It was over 20 years, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was a long time later. And uh, someone came to us and said, Hey, listen, we've got this beautiful holiday home um, out at uh, Hartespeet Port Dam or whatever. Just take it. Go. For me. And we were like, Great. And I was so amazed. I hadn't even remembered that prayer. I hadn't even re- 
And as I pulled into the driveway, Holy Spirit said, there you go. And he just said, there you go. And immediately the entire conversation came back into my spirit. It was like, the whole time, it was like the Lord was still in the conversation. He just hadn't, he was like, hang on, hang on a moment. And he turned back and he finished the conversation. He had never forgotten the conversation. But you know what? I had to, in the meantime, learn to hear the voice of the Lord saying, here you go. The Lord is continually speaking. We need to learn to be continually listening. I love the fact that God says to Jeremiah, you have seen well. So, one of the keys to the prophetic, and this may surprise you, is learning to think creatively. Interesting thing is, prophetic people and artists actually often develop the same skill sets. It's, it's, it's a very similar uh, skill set. Because what, what, what creative people do, they're, they're looking for a fresh angle. They're looking for the unusual. They're looking for the out of place. They're looking to... to uh, I mean, like, when I started doing um, photography, I, I love photography. A couple of years ago, I was uh, a lot more into it than even I, I am now. I, just, I think I haven't got time. But one of the things, I remember doing a particular trip to France, and um, I was prophesying in the evening and taking, uh, and taking photographs of friends during the day. And there are photographs of me on that trip around France. And my friends have taken photographs of me and I have photographs of the trip. And every photograph, I'm either on the floor or climbed up on something, looking down, etc. So, like there's pictures of me taking photographs of the road, but I'm lying face down in the road. And my friends are like, Make on this cause! <laughs> you know? Or I'm leaning off a dock taking a photograph of underneath the dock because I didn't just want to take the same picture. I wanted something fresh, something, uh, something new. One of the first things that the Holy Spirit begins to do with you when He's starting to train you to, um, to, to hear Him, He will start getting your attention. He starts getting you to see well. You see, in this this description where Jer- uh, where God says, what have you seen? We don't know if he was walking through an orchard and he saw an almond branch. And, and, or if he had an inner vision of an almond branch. But something drew his attention to that almond branch. Very often, that is how the prophetic begins with you. So, for, for our family now, uh, prophesying out in coffee shops and restaurants is not a rare thing anymore. It was at a certain time. But one of the ways that now happens is God will just... and You you just... Someone gets your attention. You just see them. They they just seem highlighted. You're not quite sure what it is. Is it like emotionally you pull towards them or they just seem to be standing out? You know, the Holy Spirit may very well just be tapping you on the shoulder saying, I've got something for them. Yeah, what do you see? And you know, at that point, it can be intimidating if you're like, okay, right, prophetic word coming up. Okay, Jesus, tell me what their middle name is. 
Lord saying, that's not the relevant information I want to give right now. I just want them to know that they are seen and loved. And if you are faithful with that information, I want to tell you, things will grow. The prophetic will grow. I mean, when Debbie and I uh, and our family started to learn to prophesy publicly, we had so many swings and misses, but so many great adventures. One of the favorite stories that I've shared before is when we went into a restaurant in East London and Deb's had a backache. Yeah, but she, she had a backache, a word of knowledge, and like she sat and she said, Oh, my back sore. And so, like, we were learning at that stage. She said, Wasn't that painful beforehand? And then he was like, Oh no! Oh no! She desperately wanted to say, Yes, it was! No, this is not a word of knowledge. We're not doing this here. But we jumped up and went to the table next. There were like six ladies around there. And, and I said, listen, ladies, my, my wife, has, has a word, does one of you have back pain? And they all said, no. But I wasn't prepared to take that. So I said, do you have back pain? And the lady went, no. Do you have back pain? And the lady went, no. Do you have back pain? And the lady went, no. And all her friends went, you lie. You were just complaining. She got ratted out by her friends. We, we prayed for that lady. Not only did she get healed, but then from that word of knowledge, uh, uh, we began to prophesy over her and speak the word of uh, God over her. She actually had tears as God touched her. All her friends left after, uh, after the meal and she came up to us and she said, I just want to thank you. She said, you know, I've had such a hard year. In fact, for the, uh, it, you know, my back pain is gone. She did get healed, which was awesome. But remind me exactly what she said. She said that she hasn't felt any joy for like a long time. I don't know if it was months, but it was probably some years. And she said, I just felt so full of joy. I started laughing and I've been done that for years. Wow. So, you, you know, sometimes that learning to see that, uh, that bit is just the expectation that maybe here, maybe now, maybe me. Amen? And you know what? If we will begin to develop this kind of mindset and also lower the bar a bit. You know, I mean, I know this sounds terrible, but we've got to learn to see. You know? So don't start with Putin's breakfast. And, you know, I, I remember the first prophetic conference I was ever asked to do. Uh, my friend uh, Willem Nell, he's the senior pastor of Every Nation, Potch of Sturm, invited me to come and prophesy. He actually said, listen, I, I believe that there's a prophetic call and you're like, come and prophesy with my congregation. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And I get there and the Lord starts giving me prophetic words. But I remember this one particular, <laughs> this one particular young woman. She came forward and the only word the Lord gave me was, I, I heard the Lord say, I love you. That was it. And I was like, oh, come on, Lord. You love everyone. That's not a prophetic word. That's, that's pretty basic. <laughs> the Lord said, tell her. I'm like, no, come on, Jesus. That's, that's obvious. Everyone, just give, me, give me something good. Give me the good stuff. Give me the good stuff. You know? The Lord says, tell her that I love her. And I'm like, okay. So I'm like, okay, maybe there'll be more. I'm like, 
The Lord says he loves you. And she smiled at me. Hmm? <laughs> yep, I heard that one. Love you. The Lord said, no, tell her again. She didn't hear. And I'm pretty sure she heard, Lord. <laughs> the Lord says he loves you. The Lord says he loves you. Listen to me. The Lord says he loves you. The Lord says He loves you. You're not listening. The Lord says He and Michelle Crack loves you. And I watched this girl's eyes just go big. Michelle cracked. And the word of the Lord penetrated into her heart. She begins weeping. As the word she really needed hit her spirit. And she just started crying. The love of God really got into her. I went back to that church a year later. I had some, I had some other amazing projectors. This girl came and says, that day changed my life. Because I finally it. It really got deep. And you just kept on going now. You just wouldn't stop. You just kept on going. That same word. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. You just kept on going now. You just wouldn't stop. I finally got A year later, she was happy. Depression had broken off of her life. She was married. You know, sometimes the problem with the supernatural is it's super natural. It seems to be extra natural, if I can put it that way. The amount of times I've given someone a prophetic word that I'm just, Lord, that just doesn't seem supernatural at all. But that's been the word that they needed to hear. Because I'll be honest with you, if I call Debs out right now, and I give Debs, Debs couldn't eat eggs and ham for breakfast this morning, and Debs does some research and finds out that sure enough, couldn't eat eggs and ham for breakfast this morning, she may be interested, she might be amazed, she may be awed, but she will not be changed. But if I call Debs out this morning and release under the anointing the word, Debs, you are loved and you are seen. And she hears that. That will change her life. So, I'm going to end with a quote from uh, Elizabeth Barrett Brown. Elizabeth Barrett Browning. She wrote a poem and it says this. Earth's crammed with heaven and every common bush afire with God. But only he who sees takes off his shoes. The rest sit around it and pluck blackberries and daub their natural faces unaware. The world and life is filled with the word of the Lord. If you will be looking to see, if you will be awake to hear, you'll see the glory of the Lord in life. You will become a person who releases 
encouragement, edification and comfort to people all around you. You'll become prophetic. We hope you have enjoyed this message from Nigel Desmond. For more information, please visit nigelanddebbie.org.